0: Cooking body, body I'm your host, Genoboost, from GameMusicForAll.com, and you're listening to another episode of the Subcon Video Game Hip Hop Podcast. As you notice by the lack of non-Pokemon-based words in the opening track, it's time for another instrumental episode, and it's not an instrumental episode without Beatmaker Cals, who drops his pokemon go inspired beat there known as pokemon go crazy which you can find over on beat cal's soundcloud page of course be sure to check out game slash subcon and you can find show notes and links to all of the awesome music that you're gonna hear in today's episode and thanks to that super dope pokemon music i think it is about time that i Give my review of Pokemon Go. So I have a few things I want to talk about from the game. Uh, the number one thing, of course, is walking. Uh, you gotta walk everywhere. I have, um, I have tried to play the game while driving, and it is distracting and nerve-wracking and not fun. Um, I'm lucky enough to live within walking distance of a couple of nice Pokestops, so I've gotten probably the average amount of working for the game like i'm not in some crazy major hotbed with tons of pokestops but i'm also not in the middle of nowhere either so well uh my record right now is probably six pokestops every five minutes uh which ain't not bad and I've been pretty much walking non-stop uh, since the game came out up until about a week ago where I decided to step up my game and go into hard mode because I've actually been jogging instead of walking. So thank you Pokemon Go for making a pragmatically lazy person pragmatically healthy by making me impatient enough to not want to walk anymore. At some point I was like, hey, I've been walking for a while. Let's try running because, you know, I'm somewhat healthy again. Hooray! But Anyway, let's talk about the parts of Pokemon Go that have to do with the upper body and the actual game itself. First of all, there's leveling up, which went from a nice reward to an insurmountable distant goal Sitting atop some mountain peak far past the clouds. Utterly ridiculous how much XP you need at this point. I've just been staring at the counter slowly grow over the last week or so. Just hanging out on level 24 for the last three weeks now I believe. So now the grind is real. I have a full stock of Pokemon. I can hold 250 Pokemon and... I'm pretty sure a hundred of them are ratitas and pidgeys because I'm waiting for a lucky egg so I could bust one of those lucky egg tricks and and gain a ton of XP, but it's gonna take a ton of XP to reach a level where I can earn some more lucky eggs. And by the time I reach that level, using the lucky egg and burning all the xp I can possibly muster within 30 minutes would still be a piddling drop in the bucket compared to where I need to get to for level 26 and I can't even begin to imagine level 27 I can't oh my god it's it's like an ocean away so let's talk about some of the other mechanics I do love egg hatching egg hatching is probably the thing I've done the most In the game since I like to walk around a lot and now jog around a bit I have had the chance to hatch plenty of eggs. I have buckled and paid money for in-game items but I have only paid to buy incubators which I justify by saying hey more eggs hatching is more incentive to get moving. Buying incubators is like buying myself a salad it's just a healthy thing to do. So, as I've reached these upper levels, I'm still hovering around level 24. Uh, Two things have changed. One, I actually have the ability to take on gyms that are in my neighborhood. And I've had the lucky occasion to earn a couple of coins after taking a gym or two, or even three. Once, once I took three, that was pretty sweet. But the second thing is that it's just so tiring now. Um, I tend to play around the same area, so I'm running into the same Pokemon all the time. Uh, It's very rare that I find a high-level Pokemon. Uh, A lot of the eggs I find these days are only 2-kilometer eggs, which quickly imply that you're dealing with a Pidgey, a Weedle, a Caterpie, or a Rattata in that egg. And... Sure, if it was going to be some powerful ass ratatat that could break a thousand CP, then I'd take it, but nah, these are just some weak eggs they'd be busting out of. Except that one time a Charmander busted out of a 2k egg. I'll take it. But basically, the new things that happen are so. Few and far between. That's okay as I slowly grind away. But it is true that I've been playing less and less uh, every week now. Which also explains why I've been stuck on level 24 for so long. My pet theory for Pokemon Go is that we will get the first big update for Pokemon Go. Uh, That means not just little things like a buddy to walk with here or a... Slightly useful tracker there. I think we're gonna get brand new Pokemon when Pokemon Sun and Moon drops. I mean, what better cross promotion than if they released uh, the handful of new Pokemon for Sun and Moon? But more importantly, if they allow you to catch the newly announced regional Alola forms, many of them based on winter themes. On the other hand, would that cannibalize playtime for the Pokemon Sun and Moon games? It's hard to imagine so when Pokemon Go is free, but if people start dumping a bunch of money to catch that super cool ice-based sand shrew, who am I to judge? And speaking of regional variants, let's talk about the newly announced Alola forms in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh first off, as I mentioned, we get the new Ice Shrew and Ice Slash, uh, A.K.A. Ice Metal-based Sand Shrew, which evolves into an Ice Metal-based Sand Slash. And Sand Slash is definitely one of my favorite Pokémon. Um, I don't know if you've watched the anime, but there's an episode where one of the trainers who uses a whip to train his Pokémon uh, has basically the coolest through that's ever existed. But now we've got but we've also got a brand new uh, Raichu form which is Electric Psychic and it's known as Flychu. At least I call it Flychu. Then we got another ice based Pokemon. This time it's Vulpix who's gone all the way across the dial from fire based to ice based. And then we got the others, like Meowth, who goes from normal type to dark type. Marowak, who changes from ground type to ghost fire type. Now that's a big change for Marowak. Of course, I'm a huge fan of the Cubone and Marowak designs, but it's strange to even think that he's a ground-based Pokémon when I think he would have been updated to ground ghost or ground rock or something. So that was just a little surprising. Then we got Eggsegutor, which has been the brunt of many jokes. But hey, he's dragon type, so, you know, deal with it. I should also mention that this will be the final episode before Halloween rolls around. And I flip-flopped on whether I should make this a Halloween-based podcast, but pfft, just go back a couple episodes and listen to my Castlevania special it's Halloween enough for me, it should be Halloween enough for you. So I wanted to take a moment to talk about Smash Brothers Melee uh, this month. Smash Brothers Melee will actually turn 15 years old. Be sure to check out GameMusicForAll.com to read my thoughts about Smash Bros. Melee a little more in depth. But there's a couple of things I wanted to get off my chest here. Um, I do have to admit that I've probably played Smash Brothers Melee more than any other Smash Brothers game, which is saying a lot because I played a ton of Smash Brothers Brawl. I went through the entire Emissary, finished the entire story mode, and took on plenty of all those quests and all that good stuff. And then on the 3DS iteration of Smash Bros, I spent more than my share of time on Smash Run. But even for folks like me who aren't competitive in any way, there's just something special about Super Smash Bros. Melee. Maybe it was the time it came out or the age I was, but that was the game to play for about five years. And this was also at a time when a lot of other fighting games took a major downturn. After the Dreamcast flop, uh, PlayStation too and eventually the xbox had to try to pick up the slack for fighting games but people were looking for 3d games with dozens of hours of gameplay so fighting games were on the wane except for melee which kept hope alive through those very slim years but like i mentioned i am a filthy casual and i have not played melee in years i was considering firing it up doing a little gameplay for the game's anniversary but we all know what Smash Bros Melee looks like plus I'm terrible at the game I was terrible at the pinnacle of my skill so dusting off the GameCube and plugging in my GameCube controller now is not going to be pretty I will sit this one out I'd also like to mention again that the Pokemon mixtape is out right now so be sure to check out soundcloud.com slash game music for all or youtube.com slash game music for all and look up poke mixtape and you will find about a dozen super sweet tracks that you could bump in your ears while you're walking jogging maybe even skateboarding around on the hunt for pokemon Hopefully not driving, but if you are driving and wink wink not playing Pokemon, bump that shit loud because I chose these songs based on bass. I also have to mention that my retro game review of Rally X by Namco, that article is up right now, so you can head over to GameMusicForAll.com and experience the majesty of Rally X through my prose but before you head off and do that we're gonna hear a brand new remix by Grimecraft this is a remix of the track by UK known as thief you could find this over on Grimecraft SoundCloud page along with tons of other great remixes and dope beats and mixtapes and everything else so be sure to bump this capital G-R-I-M-E-C-R-A-F-T. Like a thief in the night. I'm coming for your heart, I'm coming for your heart. This time it's anything goes. I guess I'm just a selfish ghost, ghost. Oh. welcome back you just heard a dope new bump by urban flow and this one is from his melodic bumps volume six uh if you've been a long time listener of subcon you've heard urban flows bumps from volume three through five now but now you're hearing three through six um that is a remix of music from the GameCube game Naruto Clash of Ninja 2 and it was called Ichiraku. Let's talk about another game I wanted to hype this week. Um, I've recently found out that the Wii U downloadable indie game title The Fall is getting a sequel known as The Fall 2. The sequel will drop sometime in 2017 and promises resolve to the incredibly intense ending that took place at the end of the original The Fall and I couldn't be more excited if you haven't played The Fall for Wii U. It's a 2D side-scrolling game in the vein of somewhere between Metroid and Another World. You play as a robot exploring an alien planet and trying to make heads or tails of what you're doing in this strange, strange place. This game has everything I want. It's dark, Metroid-esque puzzle-solving game starring a robot which also lets you hit old ladies with cars and beat up on babies and feed people human heads. This game has everything. If you haven't played it, you've got to play the Fall and then you've got to sit in a chair like me and Twitter your thumbs and think about how great the Fall 2 is going to be until the Fall 2 comes out and then you can stop twiddling your thumbs and then put your thumbs on the Wii U gamepad to, you know, purchase and download the game and then you can Twitter your thumbs with some purpose. And now, let's get some video game-based birthdays and anniversaries out of the way. First up, today, October 19th commemorates Yoko Shimomura's birthday. She turns 49 years old today. The incredible composer of games like Little King's Story, Super Mario RPG, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, uh, the Street Fighter II soundtrack, and many, many, many more. This month also marks the 24th anniversary of Super Mario Land 2, one of my personal favorite Super Mario platforming games. That's right. All-time. And Super Mario Land 2 came out for the ga- Super Mario Land 2 came out for the Game Boy on October 21st, 1992, and it was only 6 years ago that I fell in love with Costume Quest which came out for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 six years ago, back on October 19th, 2010. And from software to hardware, October 21st, 1998 was the day the Game Boy Color dropped, which makes my favorite iteration of the Game Boy 18 years old this month. Sega Genesis also has a birthday this month, as it came out back on October 29th, 1988. So happy birthday to the Sega Genesis, which turns 28 years old. Some more Sega-based birthdays. We got Sonic R, the classic Sega Saturn Sonic racing game with the controversial soundtrack composed by Richard Jacques. I'm definitely a fan of that soundtrack. Can you believe it? And then this is a personal shout-out from me, the NICHE. Super Nintendo game by Jaleco. Super Earth Defense Force turns 25 years old. The game originally came out for the Super Nintendo back on October 25th, 1991. And then we got one more hardware to celebrate. On Halloween's Eve, October 30th, 1987, the world gave rise to the TurboGrafx-16, which will be 29 years old this month. Alright, and now it's time to get into the background music for this week's episode. We kick things off in the background music department this week with a new track by James Wong called Spring Yard. That's followed up by Little Root Town, Pokemon Ruby, and Sapphire Remix. That's another one by NPC, this time from his Remixes Etc. Volume 2 album. You can find that over on his Bandcamp page. Be sure to check out Musicforall.com slash subcon to find show notes and links to all of the great music in this week's episode. And now we're hearing two from one of my recent favorite uh, albums lately. It's not hip-hop quite, but I worked it in here. We heard two from Pokeris's Album Poke Memories Volume 1, we heard Bianca's Gift, uh, Aspercia City Black 2, White 2, featuring Doug Perry, and that was followed up by New Horizons Route 26, Gold, Silver, Crystal. After that chunk of Pokemon, we heard some Zelda Wind Waker music called Ocean View, brought to us by Emeralds from his latest collection of Nintendo remixes known as Dares and Bears. And after the break, we heard Nothing Changed and Cave, both by Shag, from his latest album called Negative Visualization. And where anything's on a classy note, on today's episode, you're hearing a rearrangement of Habanera from the opera Carmen. Uh, this is a track by yutaka minobe from little King's story known as king do rocks theme and the ending theme that will play us out of today's episode is menu one by Hirokazu ando shogo sakai and tadashi ikigami from the super smash bros melee soundtrack but before we get into that We've got to hear the final instrumental track this week. And this one comes from another amazing beat maker I discovered on SoundCloud. This is from Salazar, but that's Salazar with a 5, not an S. So I guess you can pronounce it Five Fivalazar if you like. I haven't gone directly to Salazar for a comment, so who's to say? Even though I've played a couple of this guy's incredible beats... This is the first time I'm going to highlight his music specifically, so I wanted to find a track digging through some of his uh, singles on SoundCloud. I discovered a cool little remix of the Game Boy Game Gargoyles Quest. This is a Sega Genesis-based remix called Tale of Firebrand." Thanks for listening to the Subcon podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to me at patreon.com/genoboost. find song links and show notes at game of slash subcon Follow me on Twitter at Genoboost and Instagram. At RetroBitsLA. And of course, you can find the latest video game-based albums at GameMusicForAll.com. You're now leaving SubCon.